Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time, 22-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker, a speaker mentor, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And Sharon is on vacation this week, so she won't be joining us. But I have to say, when I first talked to our guest about this topic today, I was a little bit surprised, I guess, and thinking it was maybe a little bit (laughs) woo-woo because it was a topic I really had never learned anything about. Um, It's called epigenetics, and I've been reading up on it and learning a little bit what I can about the concept because I didn't want to sound too stupid today on the phone, Um, but and it's, it's fascinating, so now I really want to learn more, and I'm really glad we have her on the air with us, but the most fascinating thing I read was this. It just blew me away. Latest, I'm going to read this verbatim from what I pulled off the internet, so I'm not plagiarizing. I just don't remember who wrote it. Anyway, latest estimates are that the human body has 37.2 trillion cells. Each cell contains about six feet of DNA, and how that happens, I, I don't know. Therefore, if you do the math and take six times 37.2 trillion, that means we have 223 Point two trillion feet of DNA inside of each and every one of us. And all of that has to be orchestrated to make you who you are. And if we take this 223.2 trillion feet of DNA and divide it by 5,280 feet, which is a mile, and this is, I'm not a math person, but bear with me, and take that and divide it by the distance to the sun, which is 93 million miles, you get 459.07. That means if you stretch out your DNA, your DNA that's inside of you right now, it's long enough to make approximately 230 round trips to the sun. Now, to me, that is mind-blowing. And I told my husband about that, like this was new information. Now, he's really a smart guy, and he must dumb down a lot of conversations for me so I can understand them better. But he said, well, it depends on how close we are to the sun. That's just an estimate. (laughs) But anyway, he seemed to know all that. But the thing that's fascinating to me is, you know, we all know that we are unique and wonderful individuals. And um, when you think about the complexity of that and having all of that in us, that then, you know, we're all born with the same DNA we have later in life. It's the same stuff. It's just, it's manipulated through different times in our lives, through different means. And there are a lot of different factors that go into changing what our DNA does. And and it has to change every to to provide you to produce you at every stage of you and i think that's that's really amazing and some of those outside influencers and we're going to talk about a couple of those today are diet air quality stress which is a big one friends attitude and these two i love purpose and spiritual beliefs and we're going to we're going to actually cover a few of those topics with our fabulous guest so i'm going to just stop right there and bring on our guest. So our program today is called Love, Science, and Living Well with Cancer. Our guest is Bethany Perry. Bethany is an emerging thought leader on the combining power of neuroscience and intuition. 
Bethany transforms the lives of women and men who are challenged with emotional and physical traumas like abuse, disease, such as cancer and other trauma. Her clients often come for weight loss, stress, anxiety, and other issues, and her goal is to help them find the underlying cause. She's had many appearances on TV and radio, including ABC and Fox News channels, The Dr. Nandy Show, WJR Radio, and numerous corporate engagements, speaking to matters of health, wellness, and business. And Bethany, I'm going to have to ask you to dumb it down for me today, too. (laughs) So welcome, (laughs) Bethany Perry, to our show. We're so happy to have you. So, And you are there, right? Yeah, I'm here, and thank you so much for having me. Well, we're delighted. So why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself to the audience and share a little just about your personal life so we can kind of get to know who you are and maybe talk about your family, your hobbies, where you're from, and tell them where you're sitting right now because you told me yesterday and it's pretty cool. I'd love to be there too. Yeah, Yeah, I'm actually sitting um, overlooking um, the the channel between Lake St. Clair and Lake Huron where, where many big freighters go by. I led a retreat here this past weekend and stayed for a few extra days for a vacation of my own. So, and, and this is in Michigan, by the way. So I'm from Michigan. I grew up in Midland, um, which is pretty farm country. And when I was growing up in particular and home to Dow Chemical, which is how most people know Midland, Michigan. Um, I'm a mother of five children and five grandchildren. I think what else can I share about myself? <laughs> Some of my, my personal loves is I love to garden. I always have both flowers and vegetables. And I'm very much a water girl. And my my hobbies with my hands include gardening, sewing, basketry, weaving, and and just love of the great outdoors. Well, it's a good thing you like to vacation where you are because um, <laughs> you're right between two bodies of water, so you've got water all around you for that likes water <laughs> I, activities. I, I sure I sure do. I've been swimming every day too. Oh, so. good for you, good for you. I, I'm a little bit afraid of water, but other than that, I have five children and four grandchildren. We still got one more to go to catch up to you, but you know that's pretty close. <laughs> so it's a great gift, isn't it? Very yeah, great. yeah. Love our, love them all. Um, so why let's talk about what. What you what you do now? You know, you said you had a retreat this weekend. What was that about? So I I take in everything I do, whether it's a retreat or whether it's with a pro, you know, a group coaching program or private coaching client, I blend my training in life coaching, which was a neuroscience based training, and my health coaching and my study of neuroscience, particularly with Dr. Daniel Amen and yoga, into a customized format that addresses the mind, the body, and the spirit. So when we had our retreat, we all practiced a really gentle basic yoga in the morning um, just to get us into our bodies. And then we had, you know, a nice healthy breakfast. And then we do group coaching and and then enjoy the rest of the day. That's wonderful. So describe for me a healthy breakfast because I struggle with that. So tell me, yeah, tell me people, what you would think of that. Do. Yeah. Um, most people do, and, and many of us in America, in particular or North America, we think cereal or bagel is a great way to start the day when it's probably one of the worst. Now, I'm not a no-carbohydrate person. I'm really all about balance. But the brain needs protein and healthy fats first thing in the morning. You're, it's, you're breaking a fast, and for the brain to work best, healthy fat, and, and you don't need a lot, um, so one, one great breakfast is like if you eat eggs, um, stir, stir up an egg and 
with some veggies and then take a a nice, uh, maybe a rice wrap, a brown rice wrap and throw in the egg, maybe some black beans or some refried beans and then the vegetables, roll that up. It's a great breakfast, put a little avocado in. So you have your healthy fat, you've got your veggies, you've got some protein and, uh, and the brain's ready to go. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, that's that's, that's just, and it's easy. I just wrote all that down, so <laughs> I'll, I'll give that one a try. I don't know about the brown rice wraps, but, you know, I'm willing to give that a shot. So that's that's wonderful. Thank you. That was not a hey, part, of our, part of our question, but <laughs> it just happened. I'm so. a foodie. <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> that's wonderful. Well, so let's talk about what you – well, I know, okay, so we talk about mind-body, mind, and we, you know, we talked about that a lot on this show in, in different ways because there are so many – different things that it means you know whether it's you know people that talk about yoga talk people that talk about you know proper nutrition all of these things and that's good but we're gonna we're gonna get into something a little bit different because you have a different perspective on some of this and so when you and I first talked you talked about neuroscience and intuition and what is that what I guess that's kind of your area but what what does that mean so neuroscience quite simply is a study of the brain and your your brain controls everything you do, not just in the conscious state, but very much in the subconscious state. And it's pretty simplistic. It's it's very it's not simplistic, but it's a simplistic way to you know describe it. Many of us consider intuition as sort of a woo-woo out there kind of thing, or it's a little bit extreme. But for me, we all have intuition. And intuition is our body, our, our soul, or our subconscious speaking. Um, as an example, let me just give you an example of what sort of what it looks like. As okay. a North American, if we have an aha moment, like yes. something comes from our gut, like we, we talk about, oh, just my gut said, right? When we have that aha, mo- aha moment, we point to our head. Japanese point to their, their stomach. They point to their gut. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because each of us truly, we have the ability when we when we learn to listen to our gut, we have the ability to utilize the instinct that doesn't necessarily appear to be real or credible. You know, they always say, go with your gut. So I assume, yeah. I assume that's what they're <laughs> referring to there then, right? That, that, yeah, that's exactly what they're referring to. Wow. You know, yeah. I've never thought of intuition as being, you know, described that way. So that, that's really fascinating. Well, how did you get into this work? It's, it's, did you have well, some kind yes. of a life experience? or, I, or I did. Um, and if you don't mind, this kind of, if you don't mind, I have a kind of a long way to come to a short, shorter story. So the field of nutrition has always been a great interest of mine, um, ever since I was a young girl in the garden with my grandmothers in particular. And when I was six years old, anybody who would ask me what I want to do when I grow up, I would always say, I, I want to go to India and help them grow food so they'll never be hungry. And yeah, and so food has always been a part of what I do. Um, And then blending in, you know, yoga became a part of my life. And not everybody has to love yoga. It doesn't matter to me if people love yoga. Do do what you love. Right, Um, right. But I I had an opportunity to um, 
moved to Halifax, Nova Scotia, which was before I had grandchildren and all my children were grown. So it was a great opportunity to go and become a business development manager for a restaurant there. So I traipsed all over Nova Scotia sourcing, you know, locally grown fruits and veggies that were organic and, you know, hormone antibiotic free meats and, and, and all that. But while I was in Nova Scotia, um, that's where I discovered I became friends with a neuroscientist and Besides, you know, the things that we would discuss on our own, I went to her Center for Applied Neuroscience and got my life life coaching certification there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I started, I was working with yoga and life coaching. And while I was there, one of my younger brothers passed away. Mm. And that was a trauma um, for me, a, a big T trauma that took me down a path of, of extreme depression and anxiety. And it resulted in a stroke. So I had a stroke. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, six years ago. But the most amazing thing, Becky, is that due to my life coach training that I had taken and the neuroscience that we'd studied, I I began to use the tools that I learned to heal my own brain in the hospital. And while I give God all the credit for my complete healing from the stroke, I have no doubt that keeping my mindset positive and utilizing visualization techniques mm-hmm. had a great deal to do with my recovery. You know, I I really I support that so much. When I was going through chemo my very first time, I was so scared of the chemo. I real I really was. And I, you know, all those things you see on TV, the movies where chemo is yeah. just I mean, it, it's it's not pleasant by any sense of the imagination. But when they came at me with that big needle of stuff <laughs> I would, yeah. it, it really I mean I just almost went into hyperventilation but you know I believe in the in the power of visualization too and what I did is I laid there and I just kind of quietly I closed my eyes and you know and and I combined prayer with it because I think prayer is really powerful but what I envisioned was um what they were putting in me were these little teeny tiny army guys, you know, those little, those little ones you can buy in a yeah. package. They're like, you know, yes. <laughs> half an inch tall. Well, picture those nano sized. And I was picturing, I was, I was just visualizing them injecting those into my body instead of chemo. It was these little soldier guys with guns and they were going into my bloodstream on a search and destroy mission looking for cancer cells and they were going to and, shoot them. And I just pictured that and it made it so much more, I guess, tolerable, almost exciting in a way, because it, I felt like maybe it, it was going to do its job that way. And I, and I left there with a different sense about it. And I actually looked forward sure. to those moments, just partly to get it done, because I had so many in, yeah. you know, on the horizon. Well, but visualization is well, important. It, it is. And it, it just what you described, it, it helped to take the fear out of it. Yeah. And there's a great, um, and I hope it doesn't matter if I refer to scripture, um, but there's, you know, there's a great scripture that, you know, says where there is love, there is no fear. So when we, when we replace fear with love and you were loving yourself by allowing those little army guys to go in and take out the cancer, right? So it's, it's, it's. It, it releases fear from the body, which releases, it changes our whole chemical structure, which changes our brain, which makes us healthier all, all around. It's really quite fascinating how yeah. emotions, thoughts affect um, or, or can have an effect. Yeah, I, I so agree. Well, let's talk about what are, you know, this is, 
like when you and I talked, my first thing, and I, you probably remember me saying this to you, it sounds a little <laughs> woo-woo. How are we going to do this, you know? <laughs> and I'm going to guess that might be one of the challenges that you face in doing some of the work that you do, or, or is there are there other challenges? Yeah, I, I think that's truly a challenge. And so what I what I tell people is I have um, one foot in the world of science and one foot in the world of intuition, which truly is a science in and of itself, but it's a, mm-hmm. it's kind of an out there on the edge. Um, so I, I work with, I work with the person how they need to be worked with Yeah, because it's not about me. It's about them. Yeah. And I got, I kind of got that from you when we were talking because you knew pretty much when I was asking you some questions about this whole topic, (laughs) you were able to turn it around and, and talk to me the way I needed to hear this. And I really appreciated that very much. You didn't make me feel stupid. Um, you just, you just kind of redirected it and, and I imagine you're very effective with, with the people that you work with. So, you know, we only have a couple minutes left before the break. Um, so let's kind of switch gears just for a little bit, because I know one of the big factors in dealing with so much of this is stress. And yeah. what what is the biology of stress? And we might not get much further than that before we go out to break, but, but what is the biology of stress? So, so stress is really um, an organism or our body's response to an environmental condition, such as a threat, a challenge. Um, and, and to me, stress and trauma are equivalent. Big T, little T trauma. Mm-hmm. So, and so what happens in our bodies when, we, when we're feeling, you know, stress? What, what's, what's happening? Well, our, when our body... Is, is stress, there's all kinds of chemical reactions that take place. I mean, I don't know how scientific you want me to go, <laughs> um, but, but purely we respond to a stressor and then it changes what's going on. You, a great way to think of it is when you have something scare you and you jump and yes. you can literally feel that adrenaline through the, through the body. Right. Yeah. It, it, it affects our organs. It, it really affects our adrenal glands. Our adrenal glands take care of us, but we can overwork them if we don't deal with stress. Um, so the, the whole biology in the body, it's a great way to think of it. When that happens, when we're stressed, that's what's happening in our body all the time. You know, that, make, that, makes, yeah, that makes so much sense. You know, we're having a little technical difficulty. I don't know if our engineer is... is with us because I can't see any of his messages to tell me how we're doing on time. Okay. <laughs> but technically we are, we need to go out to break. So um, we're, we're going to go ahead and do that. <laughs> so stay tuned. We will be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. 
When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about love science and living well with cancer with our guest bethany perry and just before we went out to break we were talking about um, stress and the impact it has on our body and how sometimes uh, we you know our body will produce um, adrenaline that kind of helps us get through some of those stressful moments and i i love that and bethany actually made me think of a story there was one time when we were all really young and we were all in our car and we had a flat tire. So my dad pulled over to the side of the road, but it was right above a big ditch. And we got out of the car so he could change the tire. And when he got the car up on the jack, it slid and it started to slide down into the ditch. And there, I mean, it could have just rolled over on top of him because he kind of fell down with it. But he was able to take take his strength, which I had no idea he could do this. And he pushed the car back up on top of the jack. And I know that was adrenaline. And I saw that and I thought, man, I, Superman is my dad. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, you, you know, and he's not, I mean, he's, he was reasonably strong, but he was not a strong man. He didn't lift weights for a living or anything. But when I saw him do that, and I know he was reacting to stress because that car was going to roll on top of him if he didn't do something. So yeah. that was pretty impressive. And I, I, I just always remember that, you know, as just kind of an amazing thing. So that's really what you're talking about when you're, you know, that's, that's kind of a good reaction, I suppose, to Well, to and that's, and that's, it's another thought that, um, it, stress isn't always bad. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? That's true. It saved, exactly. your, saved your father's life. So yeah. sometimes, yeah. sometimes, um, stress is, is not necessarily bad. Yeah, that's true. So what, what does the role of the brain ha- have when it comes to health and our thoughts? I mean, I know that was talking about positive attitude and positive thoughts and all that, but how does that really scientifically play a role and and remember you're talking to me now okay <laughs> okay <laughs> so so as i referred to earlier the brain is involved in everything we do and in, in fact if you think about it the world is run by brains whether we like the brains or not so when the brain is working right we're able to make decisions better decisions we're able to change unhealthy thought patterns through mindfulness in a way that we can't otherwise so it's really important to nourish the brain, our specific brain, so that then we can have a better say what our thoughts are. That makes sense. Every, 
Yeah. So every, if you just think about it, like a positive thought cell, because we have, we literally have them. And if we have a positive thought cell, all cells divide. And when those positive cell thoughts divide, they look for other positive cell thoughts to attach to. Kind of so like more- a support group. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> In our own Okay. Mind. <laughs> All right. I, I'm trying to put this into like, you know, real life mode here. You know, you're, you get into a positive support group and they tend to grow and, and attract other people that are positive. So, okay, I get that. All right. I didn't know that. I didn't know they divide and look for other ones, but that that's yeah. kind of cool to know. The converse is true as well. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's why we want to really be mindful about what we say to ourselves. Yeah, that makes sense. So how important is, is it to nourish the brain and how do we do that? Well, in, in my world, nourishing our brain is key to our health. Because one of the things um, that I really love about being affiliated with Dr. Daniel Amen is, is he and his psychiatrists, they actually take a look at the organ they're treating. So if we're overweight, if we have anxiety, if we struggle with brain fog or ADD or something Dr. Amen calls ants, automatic negative thoughts, all of those are in the brain and they can be seen through a SPECT scan. That's S-P-E-C-T. Um, and then when we we look at that, we can determine specifically what each brain needs and nourish it naturally through supplementation, whole foods, and exercise. So whole foods, you know, we really want to depend, no matter where you are on the scale of what you eat right now, today, you want to move. And I say baby step because changes don't happen overnight, particularly with food. We want to work to a place of 80 to 90% whole food. So if right now we're at 20%, you know, we're just slowly increasing, you know, bit by bit so that you get there and it's a lifestyle and not, you know, a, a, a quote unquote diet. Organic, non-organic, does that part, I mean, we, we don't want to put toxins in our body, but can you right. have whole foods that are not organic or is it essential you, that they're... That well, they're... I, I'm a big organic proponent. However, you know, there there's a list and you could just Google that, you know, 15 clean and dirty foods and a bunch of different lists will come up and it will, you know, cause so, so some things like lemon, this is a great example. I like to teach all of my clients. We, a lot of us like lemon in our water. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take a non-organic lemon and you squeeze the juice in the water, that's great. Nothing wrong with that. It's a thick skin. The, the toxins don't typically get into the, the juice of the lemon itself. However, when you take that skin and you put it in your water, which I do all the time, when it's not organic, all the toxins that are in that skin are now being released into your water. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I like to tell wow. people that because so when so sometimes you know, like a lemon, it doesn't matter as much if it's organic or non-organic unless you're going to put the skin in your water or in your smoothie. <sighs> then you want it to be organic. Okay. I, oh, that's, that's uh, very important. Is it the same thing with things like oranges and grapefruit as toxins don't get through? So as long as you just eat the fruit and not the the skin. skin, Yes. And avocados, the thicker skin fruits um, and vegetables are, are ones that are safer. Okay. Um, Thinner skin, like blueberries, I, I would, I strongly recommend blueberries only be organic because the toxins actually penetrate through the skin. You can't even wash the toxins off. Wow. And there, okay. There is I, I do web- lemon. I do lemon in my water all the time. I love grapefruit. I don't eat the skins of the grapefruit. So, so that's part, yeah. part's good to know. But yeah. that's important because we – so I'm switching to organic lemons. That, that's really – 
really yeah. important. And what so. I do, what I do when I'm out is I take, um, I take lemon oil. I take uh, oh. a, a lemon oil so that I can have as flavor as because the skin really creates that delicious lemony flavor. So I just put a drop of lemon oil in my water when I'm when I'm eating out. And I also heard, and I don't know if there was some restaurant that got in trouble for it or if it was just kind of a generic thing that was happening in a lot of restaurants, but when they cut up lemons, they mm-hmm. cut them up not necessarily in in a specific spot for just cutting up lemons, so you don't know what else has been cut in that spot, and then they're left out, and then they're picked up by a human hand and put into your glass, and, you know, it's, so there's a lot of, yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah. of things there. Yeah. <laughs> there is. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to segue that far, but yeah, I would, yeah. I, I highly recommend um, at a restaurant just bringing lemon oil. Interesting. Okay, that is super good advice. So let's go back for a minute on something you said in this description. You talked about ants, automatic negative thoughts. Is that really what it sounds like? Yeah. So I, if you think about it, and, and all of us, so our left brain is always talking. And the minute I say this, if you start thinking about it, you're going to start hearing your left brain because it never shuts up. It will argue with itself. <laughs> and and those right? Because don't we? We, It goes back and forth. And what we want to do to stop them is we want to connect to our heart and our soul and hear what we're saying to ourselves. Often we are our worst enemy. We We speak to ourselves the way we would never allow anyone else to. And many of our thoughts are the same, the negative ones. So picking those out and then re reframing them so that we don't say them anymore. Some of the big ones are, I'm stupid, or I'm fat, or, you know, those are two that just come up to my mind right now. I mean, those kinds of thoughts, we want to reframe them so that the patterns in our mind turn positive as opposed to negative. So is it also the same same thing or the same circumstances when, you know, you hear an idea and your brain instantly goes to the negative side of that? There's the people that say, well, let me play devil's advocate. And they're always playing devil's advocate. Is yeah. that the same thing or is it something different? Um, it, it's similar. Certainly okay. our brains are wired to go to the negative. So it's, it's work and an effort to switch it to the positive. Okay. All right. Well, that, wow. I didn't know they actually had a name for that. So ants. No ants. That's not, ants not allowed. That's, that's right. We don't want ants. We'll, we'll take yeah. the army sergeants going through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going to get some ant repellent and just carry it with me. I like that. Uh, all right. So, so let's switch gears again a little bit. And you know, you told me earlier that you work with a lot of trauma. You know, patients that have experienced trauma. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so this this is a pretty emotional subject for me as well as um, it being a big part of my work because literally 99.9% of my clients, when they come to me, they'll come to me for a specific reason such as weight loss or anxiety. And, and then when we begin to work together, we, we begin to uncover traumas. Like what is a capital T trauma to me might be a small T trauma to someone else. So it doesn't really matter which one it is. But when we uncover them, it's it's... Be, we see that it's affected their life and it's created this dis-hyphen ease in their body or in their mind, in their heart, and their soul. And so when we begin to heal the root cause and we begin to heal the trauma without reliving it, life changes. And sometimes that sets us free from dis-hyphen ease. And sometimes it brings us to a place of peace living with dis-hyphen ease. So when you're, okay, so dyshyphenese is, is disease. Like it's, it's, dis, for, for it's disease, but it's, it's like a dis, 
ease in the body. Yeah. So the body, you know, has an, you know, we're uneasy. So okay. I just want to make sure our listeners picked up on that because yeah, I've, I've heard that before, but I'm not, every, not everyone has. So, so can you give us an example? Do you have any examples of that that might just kind of bring that point home a little bit? Um, as far as the well, trauma? Yeah. Like big, the big T, like what, what would, um, yeah, I would so I, I, I can, cause I, I do a fair amount of work with, um, weight loss and emotional eating. Okay. And, I would say of my clients, about 75 to 80% who have 45 plus pounds to lose, um, all of those women have been um, sexually abused. Wow. And I started studying that, you know, just outside of my own practice. And and it's it's common that sexual abuse and obesity go together for women. Wow. That's... Yeah. And does it matter the degree, the degree of that abuse, or is it just kind of could be something minor, can be something major, big T, little T, as you said? Right. Um, it could it could be either. It's it's really more how the person. So that's where we get into the biology of stress. It's how that person responded to it in the moment, because that's what that's what trauma is. What trauma is for me and for you might be something completely different for someone else. So even if it appears to be a small T to us. If it wasn't to that person, particularly if they're a child, right, right, yeah, um, and and we're all different. We respond to things differently. Wow, that's um. So, how do we do? How do we deal with that? Well, that's um, a big question. I know it, is, it probably it, takes well, a lot of therapy. Well, it doesn't have to. Um, the it's the bigger part of the therapy often is just getting there. Right? It's easy to pick the dandelion, but getting the whole root is the hardest part. Um, but when you when you realize that you know this is what the root is, then um, I use some methods I call transformational coaching. I dabble a little bit in NLP, not too much, but a little bit. And we and and love is the foundation because when we bring love to a trauma, we begin to change the cells, we begin to change the emotions, and we begin to heal. It's kind of like the with the fear thing that we talked about earlier, where there's Absolutely. love, there is no fear. So, yeah. and I have a great exercise that I I work with people when they're in a state of fear to help them access that place of love that they can go to at any time. All of us can. Wow. So, can you? Is it something you can share here? Or is it? Will it take too long? I think it'll take too long. Okay. But I, I I might take that so people okay. can have it. <laughs> okay. That would be really cool. Maybe I'll talk with you offline on that. <laughs> so. So let's let's kind of switch this into a cancer situation. So just getting cancer, just getting the diagnosis is traumatic, and then there's all the treatments and things that you have to have to deal with, which also causes trauma. How can a person ad- address, you know, using these techniques that you're talking about? How can we address healing or pr- do what? What can we do to promote healing in our bodies during a cancer diagnosis or treatment situation? Yeah. And, and so important because the initial shock of getting, you know, the C word diagnosis yeah. and all the traumas that come thereafter, one of the biggest things we we want to do is we want to make sure that we release them, that we see what we're feeling, that we, through self-love, self-care, and, and just being willing to acknowledge each and every feeling that we're experiencing. So, you know, we all respond differently. Some people get angry. Some people get depressed. Some people, you know, become that warrior, 
and they and while others immediately go into silence or denial but allowing ourselves or the individual to experience their emotions whatever they may be and not not hold them back can be the start of promoting healing Okay. You know, and that and that makes sense. And I know sometimes, like for my own personal experience, when I was first diagnosed with breast cancer, it wasn't even 100% sure, but it was 98% sure because they looked at it and my mammogram looked at it on an ultrasound. And, and he said, I, you know, I can't guarantee, I can't promise this is breast cancer, but I'm 98% sure you need a biopsy. But I was so I was so heartbroken, and I started bawling yeah. and tried to call my husband. I couldn't even dial my phone. I was crying so oh. hard. But then some of that shifted, you know, so you might experience one thing, but then, yes. a, you know, a little while later, you're in a, in a different place. And what, what causes that quick adjustment there? Is there anything that we can do to, you know, I mean, I don't know how I was able to switch it as quickly as I did. I, yes. I had a lot of support, but. Yeah, yeah, well, a lot of, some of it can be um, just our, our survival instinct. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that shift is our survival instinct, but I, I really believe in and mindfulness, and and there's a great method that my coach, Christian Michelson, has, and it's called the peace process, where we separate thought from feeling. Because when we have feelings, we put a story on them. True. And we can release the feeling so that our thoughts can be more clear and we can make decisions from a, a healthier place. Wow, this is really fascinating. Um Okay, so we're, we're actually coming up on our break, and I so give me something to ponder during while we're listening to the commercials, <laughs> but um, this, is, this is all fascinating information, and we're, we are going to pick up this conversation on the other side of the break, so stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk 
with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about love, science, and living well with cancer with our guest, Bethany Perry. And just before we went out to break, we were talking about, you know, how we can process um, healing when we're going through cancer. But, Bethany, I want to ask you a quick question about guilt. You know, there's a lot of people who want to try to find the reason that they got cancer. And, you know, sometimes there are reasons. For example, I just found out after all this time that I carry two gene mutations for that can lead to higher risk of cancer. And, you know, I just got the results back on that about a month ago. And But sometimes people think, well, if I wasn't so fat, I wouldn't be dealing with this or I wouldn't have diabetes. And, and then there are people in society that say the same thing. Well, you know, if you took better care, et cetera. <laughs> how, how do we deal with that? Well, for... This is what I like to say when people feel like it's their fault that they have cancer and they start down the rabbit hole of, you know, it's their personality or their food or, you know, just throw that away. I love to quote Dr. Lawrence Lashan. He's a pioneer of psychological interventions for cancer patients. And he says, you are not responsible for becoming ill and you're not responsible for your recovery. What you are responsible for once you are ill is to do your best to get better. And what that I can mean that. is... Yeah, change your life so your inner healing abilities will be stimulated to the highest level possible. So you basically pull yourself out of that negative place where you're, you're already right. are ill, so don't dwell there. Let's figure out yeah. how to make yourself better. And that, that makes perfect sense from so many standpoints. So thank you. So we're yeah. going to move on to the topic of epigenetics because we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> and this is our last segment. So let's go there and, and just tell us a little bit about the science of it. I did a little intro in the beginning, but that was just yeah. the tip of the iceberg, I'm sure. Oh yeah, it's a very deep. It's very deep. It's a newer science. It's newer than neuroscience, and it, it's a offshoot of the neuroscience. But epigenetics is the study of changes caused by modification of gene expression rather than the alteration of the genetic code. So, in a more simplified statement, it's the study of what will switch genes on and off. So, just like you said, you have um, you have a genetic code that says cancer. But why is it that sometimes it doesn't get turned on and why does it sometimes get turned 
off, right? Like it's one or the other. And and without getting too deep into the molecular science, this is epigenetics is created to study this. They're, they're de- yeah, they're determining that um, we can modify our genes without changing the DNA sequence. So it's sort of like when you're, you know, it changes how you read, how, how our cells read genes. Okay. So, okay, when we're thinking about cancer, let me just kind of put this out there so you can maybe help me understand this a little bit better. So when, when we talk about the gene mutations that some of us have and some of us don't, when people say, like, for example, do you have the BRCA1 and 2 gene? We all have the BRCA1 and 2 gene. The question is, does it work? You know, and in my case, those were fine. It was two other ones that, that we all have, but mine somehow are broken. And so they don't cause cancer, but they allow cancer to grow because they're not doing their job of of defending my body against cancer. So how does epigenetics play into that? Knowing it's not really a matter of turning it on or off, it's just a matter of making something that doesn't work, work. (laughs) Right, right. Well, there's many ways, and and how I use it and utilize it is is working with the mind and our thoughts, because our thoughts affect when affect us in epigenetics there's a, a lot of studies that they it makes me so excited because they study emotions like when we bury emotions and we stuff and stuff and stuff it really it literally creates disease in the intestinal tract and that's a piece of an epigenetic study which then when we create that through emotions what does it do to the rest of our body and there, a good example, um, it's a little bit away from cancer, but it might help people understand um, the grandchildren of Holocaust survivors, if so two generations later, still show genetic modifications created by the traumatic event of the Holocaust without ever having experienced it directly. And this is, can be seen in many other studies of, you know, people that were in famine and whatever and, and several generations later still being affected in their genes. So we can potentially, we can affect our epigenetics by living, you know, affect them positively by living a healthy lifestyle and providing our body with, um, you know, necessary building blocks so that we can keep things turned off that we want turned off. So the the grandchildren two generations later are showing signs because their grandparents, they had some kind of mutation or changes in their genetic um, yes. structure because of what they went through and then that genetic structure carried down from there is that what you're saying yes and that's wow. that, yeah I know it's it's fascinating science and while I'm not an epigeneticist yet <laughs> I, I, may, I may go there I, I, I think you should yeah <laughs> I personally wonder could it be that all of our flawed quote-unquote genetics begin with a trauma or a stressor that is certainly what I would do my dissertation on yeah. um, because I think about it a lot and what I see is you know the things that come about from trauma both yeah. in our life and and scientifically and probably many, many people have been through some form of trauma in their lives. So it wouldn't I, surprise yeah, me, I, you know, to hear, to find out that was true. Wow. I, I think we all have, it's the human experience, right? There's yeah. no perfect life, which means yeah. there's some sort of, it doesn't have to be a trauma that, you know, you know, what, whatever that word conjures up for you, 
um, for me, it's, 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 again, it's about what, what is it for you? Yeah, that's true. That's true. The big T, little T, one man's yeah. tr- right. uh, garbage is another man's treasures kind of thing. So <laughs> yes. yeah, it's all, it's all yeah. related. Yeah. So let me ask you when, when we think about our mindset and trying, you know, when you're, when you're going through a cancer diagnosis and I, I'm sorry, I keep coming back to cancer, but that's well, kind of our, no, our theme here. But, um, you know, when you're in the midst of treatment and you're feeling really sick and you're afraid and, and I know that love overcomes fear and all of that, but when you're feeling you're in that, that place, that mindset that is causing maybe depression or sadness, and you don't even feel like getting up off the couch, how do you, how do you change that mindset to kind of let that go? I mean, I have one thing I do, but I want to hear what you would suggest first and then, Maybe I can kind of add something to the conversation, but how do you go from that place and then get off your couch? I mean, when you feel yeah, like, well, it. yeah, I my my best friend um, just went through chemo and radiation for breast cancer, and there were many times I'd speak to her, and she's just like, I can't. I'm curled up. I'm in the fetal position. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you're there, yeah, I know. <laughs> When even if you're there, you can begin to think of yourself as a baby. As if you're in the fetal position, think of yourself as a baby. Other people cared for you when you couldn't care for yourself. So allowing our feelings, allowing us to trust others to love us well. Um, I always say annoying people need not apply, particularly when our world needs to get smaller. Because we recognizing that we all have well-meaning people in our lives when we're really sick, our world needs to get smaller. We don't need to talk to the whole world about what's going on when we're in that space. So so let it get smaller. And don't listen to any guilt or shame. Don't go down the rabbit hole of the internet about what caused this. Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> oh, that's just such an important thing. Listeners, yeah. if you heard that, please hear that. Um, it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole of the internet and get all kinds of negative stuff. Yeah, and go go get med- guided meditations. If you want to yeah. go on the internet, get guided meditations. Get things that will, I, I really recommend that for people in the fetal position place, is let outside sources help you that are positive for you. If you don't like guided meditations, don't listen. But they can be extremely powerful in just bringing calm and relaxation when we're at the worst point of of illness or sickness yeah. disease. Yeah, that's really, that's that's so good. I mean, I, one of the things that, that I find helpful when I'm in that place is, you know, people say, well, you just have to have a positive attitude and you can completely heal yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's a nice idea. But when you're not feeling very positive about anything, what do you do? And one of the things that I find helps my attitude turn around is if I'm doing a positive activity. So if I can, you know, read something yeah. or like you said, with the, the inspirational kind of tapes, you know, the, the meditation, any of that kind of stuff, that's not really the direction I normally go. But, but you know, reading, watching something, um, doing humor. A, yeah, I, I have puzzles on my iPad. I can do jigsaw puzzles now from photos that I love. And that gives me, that, that, make, that yeah. puts me in a happy place. I love that. And I can multitask when I'm there, which is cool. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that, <laughs> that positive activity kind of gets me into a new place. So, um, you know, I don't want to run out of time. So let's, let's move on a little bit. And um, how can I increase my own intuition and recognize that healing is personal as none of us are the same? And I think you kind of just covered a little bit of that. Yeah. But is there more to yeah. say on that? Just, just quickly, I think the more we listen to our inner knowing and we act on it, 
the mm-hmm. greater awareness we have of it. Okay. We all have it. It's a muscle. Just exercise it. It's okay. a wonderful process. And let's talk about gratitude for a minute. Yeah. Um, how can we be thankful when we're struggling? And what exactly does gratitude do for us? How do you encourage people to, to do that? Yeah, so gratitude, it, it changes our whole frame of reference, as well as connections in our brain and in our body, just like the whole, you know, the gratitude cells dividing. So how is it that I can, you know, be in that fetal position and have gratitude? Um, easy to answer when you're not in it, right? Yeah. Um, so I would be thankful that I have breath. I would be thankful that I don't have to think about breathing. I, any little thing you can think, one little thing that you can think of that you're thankful for and hold on to that. And you know, that is so true. Grow. You yes. know, it, it's like the idea that, you know, what the thing, the person who complains that they have no shoes, but then there's the person that has no feet, you know, be thankful that you've got yes. feet, you know. Yeah. So it's it, it's the little things, you're right. And I don't think we take the time to do that. So I'm going to give you, you've got about another minute or two. I'm going to give you two minutes because I'm going to cut my, my clothes down here at the end. Let's talk about spirituality because that is so important and we're out of time almost. So what role okay. does spirituality play in all of this? I know what it does for me, but what, let you talk yeah, about it. Well- I, I define spirituality as a belief in someone or something greater than yourself, okay. which which opens our our hearts. It, it allows us to have hope, and it can bring us joy and meaning to our life. And to me, love is the foundation of all of it, and it, it brings harmony and peace when we allow love to enter into our whole being. When I, what I say when I put it all together is I believe that when we nourish the brain, when we feed the mind, the body, and the soul, and we come to an understanding that love is everyone's purpose and everyone's need, it will allow us to live well with cancer and anything else that may come our way. That's wonderful. You know, uh, one of the things that I've kind of always done in all in all of my diagnoses, and I'll just say this quick and then we'll close, but um, I believe that that there's always been some reason that I've gone through something and I'm supposed to learn something from it. And when I look at that and I try to find the blessing in this particular thing, it's very helpful to me. So with that, we're going to have to go out. And Bethany, you've been a wonderful, wonderful guest. How can our listeners reach you quickly, email or website? Yeah, Yeah, website is bethanyperry.com. I do have a freebie for you. So it will be under bethanyperry.com slash breastfriends. Awesome. Thank you so much. So for those of you who are listening to our show, please please visit our website, uh, breastfriends.org. We have a lot of great information on there. Um, you can also listen to any of these shows. You can listen to this one again if you miss something. Um, but also... Uh, if you have a, the opportunity to make a donation, please do that. It keeps our program going. We will be back next week. And until then, remember, there is always hope. And we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.